Hello, it's Pastor Jeff again. This is my second podcast. And this one is going to be on an Easter theme. And I'm taking it from Acts 10, 36 through 43. But first of all, let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your mercy, your love and your grace. We thank you for the salvation you give us in Jesus Christ. That by simply believing in him, We won't perish, but we will have everlasting life right now, today, for all eternity. What a wonderful promise you give us, Father. Now I pray that through your Holy Spirit, you would guide us through this passage in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So as I just said, our text is our book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 36 to 43. This is what it says. And Paul is pre, uh, rather, so I beg your pardon, Peter is preaching to a crowd of people in the home of Cornelius. So the crowd of people were actually Romans and maybe a few Jewish friends who'd gathered to hear the Apostle Peter speak to them. And this is Peter's message. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, <clears throat> announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, and everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. May the Lord bless that reading. I've called this message, What Easter Means to Us. What does Easter mean to you? What does Easter mean to your neighbours? What did Easter mean to those first disciples? And there are three obvious parts of this passage. First of all, verses 36 through 30. I've entitled, What People Know About Easter. What What the general community know about Easter. It's interesting when we're listening to the news on the radio and they're talking about the, the spirit of Easter and Easter of this and Easter that, but very few, few news media will ever mention the name of Jesus. They just talk about Easter and what a wonderful time it is for families to get together. And yet Peter can say to these people who lived on the coast on the Mediterranean Sea that you know all about what message God sent. God sent a message of grace and peace, and Jesus Christ is the one uh, in whom this message is focused. And they, they, they knew all about the fact that he'd been all through Galilee and Judea, the two main areas of Palestine. He was baptized by John. And they recognized, as all the people did, that Jesus went about doing good because God filled him with the Holy Spirit. And he had this enormous power to heal diseases and sicknesses and drive demons out of people because obviously God was with him. That's what they knew. People today 
Uh, now, a little bit about Easter. They know it's a Christian festival. Uh, and not all people could tell you this because uh, it was because Jesus was raised from the dead. Uh, and many people don't even believe that was the case at all. The world has some ideas about the life uh, of Jesus and his work. Uh, but in most of this non-Christian world, there's much controversy and disagreement, arguments, and just downright lack of interest uh, about his existence, uh, what he claimed, and his, even his identity. But there is much written about him in lots of historical documents. And anyone, you included, can research his, his story for the truth. When I was at high school, I studied a book called Kaiser Galorum Ballorum. <laughs> That's Latin for Jesus, uh, <laughs> I beg your pardon, Caesar's Gallic Wars. That was all about Julius Caesar rampaging through France. And there are only five manuscript copies of that little manuscript left. That's all there is. But when you look at the New Testament, there's between fifteen and 20,000 handwritten copies of the New Testament. There's so much evidence written down uh, within a, a generation of Jesus' life about how he lived, what he did, what he saw, what people thought about him. Uh, Roman historians, Jewish historians uh, wrote about Jesus of Nazareth. But the world doesn't know the truth. So Peter goes on to tell these people gathered uh, from verse 39 to 41 uh, what he believes, what believers know, what you and I know. Because believers saw everything that happened to Jesus. They saw his life. They saw his miracles. They saw his wonderful teaching. They saw him killed. They saw him on the cross. And they saw him raised from the dead on the third day, just as it was prophesied in the scriptures uh, the women saw him first, then Peter and John saw the, the grave cross lying there, uh, and the body was gone. It was, it was amazing. Then Jesus appeared to them, and at one stage, according to the Apostle Paul, he appeared to over 500 people at one time. But he was not seen by the citizens of Jerusalem. He was not seen by the general population. He was only seen by his own witnesses, which God had chosen beforehand, it says right here people who had lived with him after the resurrection, they're the ones uh, he, he appeared to. And some of those had been living with him before uh, during his ministry. Isn't it curious to you that Jesus didn't appear to the whole of the community? He didn't appear to Herod or the Jewish leaders? What difference do you think that would make if he had done that? Now, he only appeared to the Christians, to these followers, to his believers, because he wanted them to do something. He wanted to prove to them that he was alive and that the ministry that he started was now being handed over to them. And in, uh, in translation, that means you and I. This ministry has been handed over to us because each of us has had an experience with Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we wouldn't be Christians. Every one of us has had a God moment when God revealed himself to us in some way. It could have been while we were reading the Bible. It could have been during a church service. It could have been while we were uh, listening to a hymn on the radio or a song. I had a good friend years ago. His name is Bruce Johnson. He was listening to the radio one day. And it said, it quoted the scripture, What shall a profit a man if he gain the whole world but lose his own soul? And Bruce was, was so challenged by that, he started attending church. And, and no one can tell him uh, how to become a Christian. 
And yet it's so simple. All you have to do is put your faith, your trust, your conviction in Jesus Christ as the Saviour, as Lord, as the one who will change your life. Well, I was involved with Bruce for a few weeks uh, way back in the early 70s, and he started to study the Bible for himself. And he became convinced that Jesus truly was the Son of God. And all he needed to do was to say to Jesus, I'm, I'm a sinner, I've committed sins in my thought, word and deed, and, but I believe in you that you died on the cross to save me. Will you come into my life, in my heart and change my life? And I will follow you. That's all it took. And Bruce Johnson became a Christian. Wonderful. Now the third part here from verses 42 to 43 in Acts chapter 10, I've titled, What God Says. We've heard about what people know about Easter. We've heard about what believers know, you and I. And now we're looking at this final bit about what God says. Well, first of all, God says, uh, I've commanded you, that's you and I, all the believers, to preach. And that doesn't mean we have to get up behind a pulpit on a Sunday or on a street corner either and stand on a lamppost and preach. It doesn't mean that. It means simply speaking the word of the Bible to people. And also it says not only to preach and to share the gospel, but also to testify. And that simply means you and I tell what we know about Jesus Christ. We tell about our God experience. We tell about the time in our life when we were perhaps searching for God. And then we tell about how God found us and revealed himself to us. And then we talk about how God has changed our life since then, what our convictions are. I remember very clearly uh, when I became a Christian, it was back in 1967, I was 21 years old, and I'd gone, I'd gone to sleep that night after having invited Jesus to come into my life. I knew right away I was a Christian. And the very next morning, the first, my first waking thought was, wow, this means I'm going to heaven. Uh, what a change. My life is so different from that point on. And your life will be different from that point on too if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Because he wants to come into your life. He wants to rule your life. He wants to change you. He wants to make you into a, a God follower, a God believer. So Peter continues, he says, he wants us to testify that Jesus is the one whom God has appointed to judge both the living and the dead. He's our judge now. And if we allow him, he'll judge us in a way that will point, out, point us to our sins and we'll confess them and it will change our ways. But also he's going to judge everyone after they die. That's a scary thought. We always think of Jesus as the, the wonderful, loving teacher who, who uh, raised people from the dead and healed all their illnesses and drove out demons. But Jesus is the one whom God has appointed to be judged. And when we go to heaven, it won't be St. Peter standing there with the keys. It'll be Jesus Christ that we see. And he'll ask us, do I know you? Why should I let you into my heaven? And our only possible answer is, Lord, because you died for me. And I've received you into my life and I've handed over control and authority of my life to you. Peter goes on to say that all the prophets test about testified about him. All through the Old Testament, the Bible points the way to the Messiah, the one who is coming. All the prophets testify about him. 
that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Forgiveness of sins. That means the past sins, the ones we've committed today, and the ones we'll commit tomorrow. And because we've received forgiveness of sins, that means we've been reconciled with God and receive his eternal life. You see, God sends all of us who believe to speak about Jesus into this world, to our neighbours, perhaps someone in our own home, someone in our street, someone that we work with, someone in our school, and to testify to them of our experiences of faith. Now may the Lord bless you as you take to heart what this passage of Scripture from Acts chapter 10 verses 36 through 43 says to you. For everyone in this world has an opinion about Easter, whether they deny it, whether they think it's just a Christian festival, a time for families, a time for uh, have chocolates and party and things like that, a bit like Christmas. People have all kinds of ideas about Easter. But Christians, you and I, we know that it was when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And that is the definitive act of the Christian faith, that Jesus rose from the dead. When those early disciples went about uh, telling the gospel to people all through the living, the known living Roman world, all they talked about was Jesus Christ raised from the dead. They didn't talk about his miracles. They didn't talk about his, his wonderful parables. They didn't talk about his healings. They didn't talk about his love to them. They didn't talk about what a wonderful companion he was. They spoke about his resurrection because that is the greatest event of all history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because that means every one of us will also be raised from the dead. Some to face judgment and to some to face eternal life for all time. May the Lord bless you this Easter and may the Lord bless you throughout the year. And while this uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, runs its course and we're separated one from, the, one from another, I pray that each of us will know that Jesus Christ is a breath away. He lives in our hearts when we receive him. He guides our directions. He keeps us from sin. He blesses us day by day. And may the Lord bless you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.